Hey everyone, we wanted to let you know this is our Side B Part 2 episode of The Stranger. If you haven't listened to Side A, go back, listen to Side A. We go super in-depth to the album. And now we are on Side B. We're going to open a bottle of red and a bottle of rosé instead. Our first three-bottle album. But if you haven't listened to the first one, go back and listen to that. And now enjoy the second one, Side B. Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red. The podcast that pairs the albums of Billy Joel with fine wines. From Cold Spring Harbor to the River of Dreams. Grab a glass of your favorite vino and let's dive into the work of the Piano Man. And we're back with side two of The Stranger from William Joel. Yes. Uh, You know what? Let's just get right into it. Before we start side two, Catherine from Celery Wines. Tell us what our red is for side two. Yeah. So the red we have today is 100% Nerodavila from southeast Sicily in the area of Vittoria. It is the Marabino. It is a contrada, which means essentially a single vineyard in the dialect of Sicily. Um, this is made in a natural way, uh, really, really fresh, flavorful, but fresh. You're getting deeper blackberry, plummy fruit, some nice zesty spice, not too much acidity, not too much tannin. It's really soft and really drinkable, and I hope you enjoy. Okay. Right. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Uh, so, yeah, we have a Rosso di Contrada, um, another Italian wine, an Italian red. Um, uh, Bill, why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead? This is a yeah. Marabino Rossi di Contrada. What, mm. what year is it, Bill? This is a 2017. Okay. So I'll tell you quickly before we get into the, sec- the yeah. second side. Um it is a, um, I believe it's a biodynamic wine. Interesting. Uh, it's also, check this out, a uh-huh. unsheathable wine. Look. Whoa, bro, you yeah. ripped off that sheath. I did it. I went in like the stranger and I unsheathed <laughs> that shit. <laughs> is there a, um, <laughs> gosh, is there a, there's no DOC label on it, so I don't think we're going to get caught by any wine cups, wine so cups. So that's what's interesting. You said it was like a natural wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said biodynamic. biodynamic. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I wonder, like, if the DOC just like doesn't recognize those wines. May not, because it's like, you know, the, all the regulations and the reason that what wines are not natural or not biodynamic is because mm-hmm. they've passed this inspection and they have the DOC qualifications. So I wonder if they've like, you know, skirted the. Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. They got a little too, uh, little too earthy for the DOC. Uh-oh. All right, so uh, I'm going to read real quick before we get into the second side of the stranger. Uh, one of the uh, one of the people on Vivino.com says that this wine, right, oak on. and Ready? oh yeah, give us that ASMR. Ooh. Ooh, baby! And also, I'd like to say that you've changed wine glasses to a bigger bowl on a stem glass, which yes. is what you want for a red because yes. you want it. It's going to work These more. Are, yeah, you want um, work worth the. They're air not Rydell. They look like Rydell's, but they're not Rydell's. But they, they're um, bigger bowl. Yeah. These say. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's all about more surface area and getting more uh, oxygen yep. on the wine, mm-hmm. uh, which this- uh, that's like the same concept of a like decanter. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wine, uh, people have said it's oak and smoke and a hint of petroleum on the nose. Uh, a lot of blackberry and cranberry and cherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, earthy, medium-bodied Italian wine. Nose is cherry palette. Oak and smoke and petroleum Exxon. Ready? Take a little sip. Oh, yeah. Real fruity. Got some tannins. Yeah. Definitely got some tannins. Drying off the back of that tongue. Very rich. Almost like leathery. Yeah. Like smell and flavor. What's weird is it's like, it's almost like a dad wine. Yeah. But not quite. Not quite. Like not soup, not as big as a dad wine. So I just did a little, t- the, the legs are very slow. Yeah. Oh, very much so. Um, well, it looks like it's 13.5, but you can smell, I mean, it smells alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> It smells like alcohol. No, it does though. It's got almost like a. Uh, it's got almost like a. Um, 
like a very faint, like you have a rubbing alcohol. Yeah. In oh, this a, is a, a fantastic bottle. wine. Super good. I love this. So I don't know if it specifies the grape. I know Catherine mentioned, but like it. what's interesting about it, we've talked about this. It's, it's, old, a, it's a Nero Davila. Okay. Yeah. Which is like one of those rare, yeah. not rare, but like lesser known um, grapes. But they're less concerned. I mean, it's it's literally called Rosso di Contrada, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a red it's a red table wine. And like, I think old world wines are less interested in grape and more interested in region. Region, yeah. And it's just kind of cool to be like, yeah, it's a red wine. It's a, it's a, and it is a red wine. Like it's yeah. definitely not like a light chilled red. It's a red wine. Real good though. It would be great with like a meat with a red meat. It would, but it's not. It's not super heavy. Though. It's, it's not, not like a cab. It's not like it's a cab be at jammy all. Jammy and like, Mm-mm. you know, like I would eat this with lamb. I yes, wouldn't, I wouldn't eat it with like a fatty steak. No, you're right. It wouldn't do good like with it's fat. Spicy, oh. but it's also like. Dark cherry and leathery. It's a very nice red one. It do good with something gamey, or maybe some. It do good. It do good with something gamey, or maybe some cheese. Mm-hmm. It would do. It would do good with some cheese. Mm-hmm. It or, would actually with like a blue or maybe cheese. a sausage. Yeah, like a merguez or like a Vienna sausage. Oh, speaking of Vienna oh! sausage, look who's on side two. Boom. So Vienna first song on side two. So I'm gonna, um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this one to you a little bit. Yeah. This was the B side to "Just the Way You Are." Mm-hmm. Um, kind of balladish, but not really. I um, think it's very. I think it's you, probably the biggest ballad on the album. Or would you say it's more ballady than "Just the Way You Are"? Just the way you are, just because of the roads. It has that kind of jaunty, like energy to it that's actually true they're like then this one actually has even more of like a slower sing song like i guess the other one has more of a sing song this is more of a slower ballad you're right yeah it just i don't know it's it's there's something about this song that feels nostalgic Mm -hmm. It, it feels like i don't know someone kind of coming back to their roots in a way yeah yeah um great song mm-hmm. uh lyrically joel was inspired visiting the city of vienna mm-hmm. and his father who left the family when joel was a child huh. interesting um joel has stated that vienna is a metaphor for old age yeah. but also may have been subconsciously about his father so yeah it, that's the, I, the old age thing i just it feels like that line like don't you realize Vienna waits for you? Yep, it just feels totally. like it's a very kind of sad sentiment. And that, it, it, it's, it's like nostalgia sad. It's like, hey, at some point, this is all going to be behind you. And right. you're going to have this. It's all going to be something looked back. But this Vienna is this, you know, s- couple hundred year old city from Europe. And it has this. It has a history, and this song is all about like recognizing you're going to have a history at some point. So what's interesting is from looking from hearing what you just said and looking at the lyrics, where it's yeah. like "Slow down, you crazy child, you're so ambitious for a juvenile." Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? It reminds me a little bit yeah. thematically of Cat uh, Stevens' father and son. Oh yeah, you know I can the, see that the the like um, uh, what is it. Uh, it's not time to yeah. make a change. It's not time to make a change. Um, you're you're still young. That's your fault. Yeah, you've got so much to learn. You know, like yes, it, it, it's definitely like this song is kind of like you're young. You're moving fast. Mm-hmm. Why are you moving so fast? Yeah, but it's like basically like old age waits for you. So like you're kind of you're you're sort of young and dumb, and you're just kind of moving through the vigor of youth, mm-hmm. and then old age will wait with you, for you, which is actually a weird. I feel like that's a that is a strange theme yeah just in the the like aura of billy joel Mm -hmm. is we're going through all his young albums and he's a younger man Mm -hmm. um 
at this point, I'm guessing he's early 30s when he's recording this. Maybe mm-hmm. late late 20s, early 30s. Probably yeah. early 30s. Um, but now, in present day, yeah. we're seeing an older Joel who is he's now, mm-hmm. in present day, what Vienna is talking about. Sure. And still playing. He's he's an old soul. Well, that's why I'm like, always Billy like... Billy Joel's an old soul. I'm always fascinated, like... He looked like Inigo Montoya when he was like 19. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He never really looked like a, a young man. He looked no. angry, but not like a young not man. Not like a young man. No, I, I always think about that in terms of like the Beatles playing when I'm 64. Mm. Like Paul McCartney still plays that out on tour. And, and like he's not he's over he's 64. Over now. 64. Right, yeah. And totally. like I don't know. There's something about thinking about yourself when you're older that from a younger perspective is kind of naive, but it's also kind of, there's like a magical thinking involved that it works. Like, I think other younger people will have a, all right, this is going to sound crazy. I'm ready. I think if you're in your twenties or thirties, you're going to listen to someone from their twenties and thirties telling you what it's like to be older more than you're going to listen to someone who's older. Mm -hmm. Like, Billy Joel projecting forward to this mindset of being older mm-hmm. or the Beatles doing that is weirdly going to be more emotional than if you were just told by someone that age what it's going to be like. Yeah. Wait, it's more emotional projecting forward. Yeah. Yes, because you're not living in the moment. Right. You're sort of you're sort of thinking out your fears. Sure. And you're also it, it's almost like a form of forward nostalgia, right? And it's yeah. a legacy that it it's influencing the decisions you're making now. Mm. I mean, I'm I'm older than I was ten years ago, as we all are. That's how time works. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I like my perception. Like I almost think my. When I was younger, my concept of like my older self looking back was a lot more romantic and like, I don't know, thematic than it is. Not that it's bad. Like, I'm kind of fine with looking back, but it doesn't have that same, like, I don't know. That's well, it's weird. If you think about the fact, you know, like, uh, to pull the curtain back, yeah. like, you and I have known each other for a long time now. Yes. And we've known each other as younger selves, mm-hmm. and now we're where we are. And I would I would offer this to our listeners, like, where you are, listener, you're not where you were 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. But if you look at now, you're like, things are okay. Or maybe things are horrible. Whatever. Things are okay with me these days. A lot. <laughs> Got a new job. Oh, that's the last. Got a new office. I got a new wife. Um, No, but I think I think that it is kind of a. This is a song looking forward to the passage of time. Yeah. Um, I I I do want to quote one uh, one quatrain. I guess four lines. Um, Ah, you got your passion, you got Mm. your pride, but don't you know that fools that only fools are satisfied. I think that speaks to Billy Joel's uh, ambition. Yeah. And then dream on, but you don't imagine they're all about, uh, you don't imagine they'll all come true. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? So what I'm kind of getting from that is he's saying like, um, you got your passion, Mm -hmm. you got your pride, but like no matter what happens, you're not going to be sad. (laughs) Was that cool, Rennings? Sorry. You got your passion. You got your pride. Jump on in. It's Bob's Lifetime. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. We got passion. We got pride. Jump on in. It's Bob's Lifetime. <laughs> um, but it's basically him being like, you're the angry, young, ambitious man. But don't you realize, like, you're never going to be satisfied. Yeah. And then he's like, listen, it's all going to come true. You're all going to you're going to have the MSG residency. Mm-hmm. When will you realize old age Vienna waits for you. Right. When will you realize you're going to be white goatee Billy Joel? Yeah. And the thing is, which is at crazy. least in the way it's worked in the way it's worked out for him. Yeah. It's great. So keep, so take that mindset. I think we, I think you said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Keep that mindset of what you're thinking about. Okay. And then literally read the title of the next song. 
The title of the next song is Only the Good Die Young. Yeah. (laughs) Let's move on. So, yeah. So. Yep. Mm -hmm. Great song. It's great. I mean, this album is just right here. Yeah. Yeah. So a, another story song. Another story song. Billy jo- Billy Joel has a weird Western cowboy thing going on. Interesting. He wrote he wrote Traveling Prayer. Yeah. Um, Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid. Ballad Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. Only the Good Die Young. I guess it's maybe it's kind of doo wop inspired. But yeah. it, I guess I guess when I think of Only the Good Die Young, that sounds like a Western gunfight, like I'm watching Young Guns or something like that. Interesting. See, I, I compare it more to like... James Dean? No, to like Neil Young. Like, it's better to to burn out than to fade away. Oh, uh, okay. That it's makes like, sense. The Only the Good Die Young is almost just saying like... it's it, Keeping in terms with like the Vienna thing, it's like, yeah, the Vienna thing is true. Why mm-hmm. are you rushing... You have a whole life ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You're going to get old. But counterpoint, your best shit is going to be when you're younger. And if you leave on top, not not necessarily death, but the young, mm-hmm. the ones that we lose too young are at the top of their prime. Yeah. Which is like, that's kind of a way of saying only the good die young. Mm. Yeah. Also... <laughs> Also, um, this song is about a guy trying to have sex with a Catholic girl. Mm-hmm. That was so like that's that's yeah. also the perspective that we're coming from. The sure. song was inspired by a high school crush of Joel, oh, sure. Virginia Callahan. The boy narrator believes that the girl is refusing him because she comes from a Catholic background. Yeah. And she believes premarital sex is sinful. He sings, you Catholic girls, you start much too late. Mm-hmm. But sooner or later, it comes down to fate. I might as well be the one. Yeah. So I guess there's kind of a thing that's like. Yeah. I mean, it's like you it, going back. She to, might be saving herself, but like she's going to lose her. It's going to happen some at some point. point. Yeah. I mean, if we go back to the Scorps, like I was yeah. talking about earlier, the Scorps have a very controversial album called right. Virgin Killer. Oh, my God. Uh, I'll say this. Google the album for Virgin Killer, but do it in an incognito mode. Yeah. It does not age well. I'm sure it does not. It does not. Uh, we talked about uh, Give Me Some Reggae earlier. There's a demo of this song um, that's in an early Billy Joel box set, and there's a reggae version of this, of Only the Good Die Young, that he recorded. Really? Yeah. He had a reggae version. Yeah. Um, and then he ended up doing it again on a church organ. Okay. Um, and then he ended up changing the reggae beat because Liberty DeVito, his drummer, yeah. hated reggae and was like, you got to change it. Okay. Um, See, that that was the right choice to have them as the backing band. So it's true. Can... But, like, I think this is just a classic Joel song. So this is a shuffle beat. It's not yeah. reggae. But listen, can't you hear some reggae in there? Yeah. It's coming on the offbeat. It's coming on the two. Only the good die young man. <laughs> yeah. So it's a shuffle, but it is a shuffle song. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I'm just blown away mm-hmm. by the fact that uh, this is um, a pretty insane album. I mean, look, so I've, I've been looking at all these. Pretty much every single song we've passed has either been an A side or a B side. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's. So this is this is the A side of "Get It Right the First Time." So like every song was a single on this album. There's seven songs that I think have been singles on this album, um, and it actually ran a little bit different on the eight track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, there's there's multiple multiple singles on this album. I mean, what's crazy is can we, we sent- hear that. Can we hear that demo. Uh, let me look it up and see. It's on the My Lives box set, apparently. Yeah. But it's um, probably, YouTube is probably our best bet. Yeah. So we said this, uh, we said this, um, when we started this, but, mm-hmm. uh, CBS was going to drop him. Yeah. If he didn't come out with a banger of an album. I feel like he came out with a banger of an album. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it is, I think we've mentioned this, we've mentioned like momentum of albums and, you know, the first song of Side B and all this shit. This song, this album does it. There yeah. isn't a there isn't a song on this album 
that isn't either played constantly on the radio or at least well known enough that like you get it. I think the weakest point of this album is probably like it's hard to say. Maybe we're, we may be getting to it. I want to try something real quick. The price that you pay for the things that you might have done. I think this is the reggae demo. Only the good die young. <laughs> this is it. Listen. This is the reggae demo. Wow. I, so I'll be honest. Way, it's not bad. Way better than I thought it would be. Much better. I thought it was going to be in like Eric Clapton, I Shot the Sheriff yes, territory. But it's not. It's I not. Mean, it's basically Joel doing reggae. But it's not his singing isn't doing it. No, he's singing it's, it the it's, same way. It's the listen to the listen to the organ. So I said earlier that like he he did it on a church organ. That sounds like a church organ. Right there. The only thing that makes it reggae is the one and a and a and yep. it's like the yeah totally. No. Good All job, right. great job. Okay, so great, great song. The next one, yeah. Back to ballad mode. Back to ballad mode. A lot of ballads on this album. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. God. Such a good song. She can kill with a smile. She can wound with her eyes. And she can ruin your faith with I mean, her it's just like. Lies. And she only reveals. What would you say over under? What's the percentage of wedding father daughter dances? Oh my gosh, so high! Like I think it's like forty percent. Probably so. I mean, it's just like it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous song uh, without lyrics, just the the tone of the song. So you know, it's interesting re-listening to this for the episode, and also re-listening to our earlier episodes. I mentioned that I thought the Piano Man song had almost like a sea shanty vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think this song does too. Where? I just think in the cadence and the rhythm of like da 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 I can see that. I can it's, see it's like, this, like and she'll take what you need. Da, da, it's like this rocky da, 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 back and forth. And she of. rides on the waves and she yeah. dies with the octopus. <laughs> totally. There's definitely. Oh, we sailed out last Thursday and didn't come back because the Kraken arose and it killed all us now and only Ishmael knows where and I the, am and the sirens are singing and I'm going to their island. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can see that. And, and this is knowing that like down easter Alexa is awaiting us in in a future episode. But Stormfront also Billy Joel seems. Was, to... That's on Stormfront. Yeah. Oh, there we. Go. Oh yeah, down yeah. easter Alexa. Down yeah, easter yeah. Alexa. Fucking, I'm going to say this right now. Late era banger. I believe it. I believe it. Okay, so yeah, this song, the, I, I can see the sea, sea shanty thing. Yeah. Um, it's um, it, so it's basically a song about, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's a love song about a woman. Yeah. Um, it's kind of it, it's got she's got away vibes to mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, it it really. I will say this, like you know, we 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 talk about Joel and his. Uh, you know, his like storied personal life, but he knows how to write a love song. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it's talking about looking at your partner or looking at someone uh-huh. and just falling in love with the quirks, like falling in love with who the person is. Like he really yeah. has a way to write a love song to just look at a person and say, this is this is this is who this person well, is. It's also you know? what's interesting about it. And, and I I don't know specifically what the politics of the time was, but like. You could almost read this song as having a weird feminist bent to it, hmm. or you could read it as being anti-feminist. And what I mean is, all the superlatives he's kind of laying on this character, she can do this, she can do that, are incredibly like positive and kind of affirming. But then he's like, she's only a woman to me. Mm. Hmm. Which is like either saying like, well, I only see women as one way Mm -hmm. or you could almost just be like, despite all that, like 
I care for her soul and like this more special love than any of that stuff represents. It transcends that. But I think that like a feminist reading of this song is really important. I agree. And I think I will, feminism, y'all. Feminism, y'all. Um, I will follow that up with um, the 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 facts that I found from wikipedia.org. That's great. Guys, don't ever listen to a podcast again. Just, uh, <laughs> just listen to the album and read Wikipedia. Listen, we've given you, uh, I think the podcast from now on should just be, we'll give you the two bottles of wine and then just <laughs> go on Wikipedia, turn on Spotify or Apple Music and just do it yourself. Yeah. Um, well, so the song was written for Elizabeth Weber, his yeah. wife at the time. And this is very interesting because this goes back to our earlier episodes. Um, so Elizabeth mm-hmm. uh, Weber, yeah. uh, she had taken over, she was Billy Joel's management right. in terms of his business. And she, at the time, was going back to get money from the bad deals he had signed, a.k.a. Artie Rip, what? from Family Records, from the first album. Yeah. And... Um, the lyrics, um, like she was, she was, she mm-hmm. was a, like when we talk about feminism, y'all. Yeah, she was like a great negotiator. Yeah, she was like a, a bad A in business. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know, she could wound with her eyes. She could steal like a thief. She would never give in. Mm-hmm. She was tough as nails. But then, after all those things, Billy Joel says, "But she's always a woman to me." Yeah. So it says that like some people thought that she was unfeminine. I mean, mm-hmm. she was basically just like yeah. One of my favorite SNL sketches is there's this uh, there's some <laughs> it's Pat. It's Pat. It's Pat. She's listen. It's Pat, but she's still a woman to me. <laughs> no, there's a Kristen Wiig sketch where they do this thing where it's like a they I forget what the sketch is, but they talk about like something that's like she's a. <laughs> She's a bitch in the boardroom. Oh yeah, and then it's like, and then she's a bear on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's a thing where it's like, there's a lot of people that were just like, yeah. they thought that she was a monster, and Billy Joel was like, no, she is, she's strong, yeah, but she's she's a woman to me, yeah. and and I think that it's like a real, it's a love song that I think sure. speaks to another version of saying, yeah. yeah, she's a she's a strong like cunning woman and she's also a woman to me which i think is very very sweet what a storyteller okay next song next song Mm -hmm. all right so this i was looking through the the thing this might be the weakest track possibly and i think i'm like i think we're at a weird spot in the album now because we're at the last two songs right yeah uh do you want to just play it yeah you want me to play it you want to play it oh i got it okay I mean, great opening. It feels kind of Steely Dan a little bit. There's that wind instrument that he wanted right there. Yeah, that was the actual flute. Little flute. So this is Get It Right the first Mm -hmm. time. Yep. Get it right the first time. That's the main yeah. thing. So this is get it right the first time. I love this song. It's actually it's a it's actually a really good song. I, I know I just said it was the weakest, but like it's a great that this is why this is a fantastic album because like a song like this could get buried. Yeah, for sure. Like it's a great song, but it's an album track. But the, this song could be the single of another album. Yeah, yeah. I think this is probably a song I don't. I would love to see some like set list stuff, but I think that at occasional concerts he pulls this song out. Yeah, and people get really stoked on it. I can imagine that. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know much what to say about it except you know the song just kind of keeps going like this. This is almost like a shuffle, like a. Yeah. We get like a Tropicana style show. It, it does have a little bit of that. Yeah, for sure. And we also got to think we're still in the late 70s at this sure. point. So you got to. But it's kinda... also like, it's. it's... Give it one good try. Gonna take my chance tonight and get it right the first time. That's the main. It's kind of, it's kind of an uh, aspirational so you song. You know what's interesting? Play right past that part. Because this always. Get it right the next time. La, 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 no. Okay. Time, that's the main thing. Wait. Mm hmm. 
All right, so that part right there, I always thought this as a, as a kid, and like I'm wondering too. It sounds like he's doing the same move as he did in Italian restaurant. The like, what? Whoa. Man? No, the whoa. Oh, yeah. It's right before he says rock and roll in, in, mm-hmm. in Italian restaurant, but here he does it too. He goes, whoa. Mm. And like it sounds familiar enough, like the fact that it's on the same album, it's like one of those. You know what I love? I love albums that have like motifs that pop up later. Like little, tri- like, um, what is it? Um, this is happening, LCD Sound System. Mm-hmm. So the, the first track, Dance Yourself Clean. Mm-hmm. Later on the last track, Home. Home. Yep. Towards the end of Home, they just bring back the like, oh. Yeah. Yep. And like, like that is such a satisfying feeling mm-hmm. when you listen through an album to have yep. that like part come back in. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like just in the same thing, but like that, whoa. Yeah. Feels like it just, it's like the glue that ties this shit together. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's interesting because you, you see that kind of come back in this, but get it right the first time. It's a very straight through song. Yeah. We we have other songs like uh, moving out, yeah, um, or especially scenes from an Italian restaurant. Songs that kind of change. Mm-hmm. This yeah. song is not proggy at all. No, but it's definitely it's it's AOR. What's AOR? Album oriented rock. Ooh. So AOR was essentially a format of music. Okay. And I think it's a format as denoted by. Uh, radio station. They're making songs that are about five minutes long. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of different solos and parts and kind of like features of different musicians and it's made it's not a singles game. It's made for people to buy albums. And this so it like just, fits it just, in that. It just keeps the record going as you're listening. Yeah, and I think this is the only song that wasn't an A-side or B-side of a single. Maybe the last song isn't either. Uh, I don't think it is either. But, but like, th- yeah, so like this is AOR. But like imagine this in the 70s where everything is fucking AOR and now you've basically made it to the second last song and that's when it's oh now I'm in like a regular Billy Joel album yeah which is amazing well it's a nine it's a nine song album and we got seven songs on it that are straight up yeah singles yeah so alright so that moves us to the next one mm-hmm. the last the song last on the song. album um which, by the way, so I, I'm just pouring the last of the red, mm-hmm. which has been very drinkable. Very drinkable. Like, this is a fantastic red. I'm really happy with it. Um, yeah. Great. I would buy this at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I would. What kind of restaurant? An Italian restaurant. Yes. Fun time to say it. All right, so the last song. Yeah. This... Gr- Wait, can I, I can I tell you exactly what that is? Just just what we heard just now. Yep. Please. It's one thirty a.m. It's the end of SNL. Oh, this is the good nights. It's a hundred percent. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just do this. Hear the claps. That's our show tonight. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to Tom Hanks. <laughs> Thank you to everyone. Right? Yeah. It's absolutely. That's the good nights of SNL for real. And that honestly kind of gives me a little more. That kind of gives me a little more credence for this song right now Mm -hmm. because this is this is what I like about us talking about these albums is you're like we've said before, you're a big album person. Love albums. You're a big vinyl person. Mm. But this is the closing of The Stranger. Where it, this is not necessarily the time to bring out your big hit. Yeah, this is more the time to like put everything to bed. You know. As I wander through the world in which I live, I search everywhere for some. It's also speaking of not to keep bringing it back to LCD sound system, but it's very. It's kind of like New York. I love you. It's kind of like New York. I love it's you. Just the it, hard piano chords. Thematically, I yeah. wonder if we're in the place where you've kind of gone from you you've gone from like 
The Stranger. Mm-hmm. You've gone from um, Vienna, where it's yeah. like old age is coming. The Stranger is like, who are you in your darkest moments? Yeah. And then this is like, everybody has a dream. It's almost kind of like this ends up in a hopeful space. Oh, for sure. I think. it's Well, it's a very, like, it, it's kind of amazing that it ends at this place. Because I, I thought about this. Like, this is a near perfect album. Mm-hmm. Sure, the track before this was like AOR kind of like filler, but still very, very good. I'm gonna blow your mind. What if this? What if this song ended with Miami? Gosh, like this. Then the whole album would just be. Yeah, but instead it ends with this almost like. Well, end of SNL. What did we learn today? Mm-hmm. Everyone has a dream. Yeah, but that's not really how it ends, is it? That's not really how it ends. I mean, like, real quick, before we get to how it really ends, mm-hmm. I think that this is kind of, this is souvenir. This is souvenir at the end of uh, Turnstiles? Yeah. Yeah. This Souvenir, fantastic song. Mm-hmm. Also how he, at, around this time, was ending his shows. He's ending it with a piano. Yeah. Just him and piano. Yeah. Ending, ending the show with souvenir. Yeah. This song, to me, is a little bit like souvenir. It's a little more sure. of like a, a chorus. Yeah. Kind of like it's cast. Really, yeah, it's like Beatles-esque. Yeah. Yeah. But then the song ends, and then you get this. Almost a bookend. Almost a bookend. Which, to me, there it's almost go. like... There's the whistle. All right. It's so a stranger reprise. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this because I think we talked about it like we talked about how The Stranger, which is the second track, not the first track, mm-hmm. is this kind of like Jungian, like we're not ourselves. We're always putting on a part of ourselves. Right. Right. And it ha- it's, I don't want to call that like theme creepy. No. But it has good. like almost like a I like I hear that whistle when I'm, I picture like late at night, steam's coming up from the street. You're in a trench coat and you're like walking. It's a little bit like Joe Jackson stepping out. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. And I think that there's something there. And then when you think about this. Because I, I know it might be hard to tell, but that was Corey whistling, was not, whistling. not the studio track. That was me whistling. It was near identical. I got, but, te- um, I got a text from Phil Ramone. <laughs> we should call Phil Ramone. <laughs> That was like look like. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to call. Dude, him. that is that is. We're done with this red bottle of red, and that was <laughs> just me being drunk. Which is like, we got golf red bottle. All right. So anyway, <laughs> continue on your thought right now. The music of the stranger coming in at the end, it almost feels like. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to articulate this. Hold on. Okay. It almost feels like you you have this sincere note of the final song. But lo and behold, it was the stranger the whole time. That wasn't even the real. So like the last song is just like everyone has a dream. You're like, oh, we finally we got to the real Billy Joel. Right. We got to his real person. And then you, you're left with this feeling of like, okay, yeah, everyone has a dream. This is hopeful. But then like. It's almost like like the Marvel movie like post credits thing where it's like, no, but that was still the stranger the whole time. Well, that's true because you do get to this thing where okay, you start with moving out, mm-hmm. you start with this like, like, yeah, like I'm just working and I'm going, and then it's like, but if that's what it is, I'm moving out. Yeah, and then you and then you get the whole thing of the stranger of the shadow. And then you get like love and just the way you are, and you get scenes from an Italian restaurant where you get your story, yeah. And then you get old age Vienna existentialism, and then you get only the good die young, yeah. where it's like thematic, but it's also like youth and vigor mm-hmm. of sex and stuff. And then you get this like love, which she's always a woman. Mm-hmm. And then you get get it right the first time, mm-hmm. which is just a straight ahead rock song. Yeah. And then you kind of end on this thing. You're right, where it's like a hopeful thing, where you're like, everybody's got a dream. Mm-hmm. We're in a chorus together, and 
we're all going to make it. Yeah. But at the end of it, you wake up at three in the morning. Yeah. And there's that mask sitting beside you with the boxing gloves hanging sure. above your bed. Yeah. And that is the thing that you're left with that's kind of right. hanging in the balance. I just had the most sincere moment of my life. But it really was it really me? Was it really me? Was I the stranger? Was I the stranger? Was I sitting on my hand for 43 minutes? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. Do I have to fight All that right. thing behind me? I've become more convinced than ever that this album should have started with The Stranger. I kind of think you're right. And much like I Cold Spring he... Harbor needs a Billy's version, Justice yep. for Joel. Justice for Joel. I think this. I think Billy's version of The Stranger is the same album. Well, maybe we bring back the reggae. Yeah. Maybe we bring back the, the, the reggae for... Um, what song was that on? Uh, the reg uh, the reggae was on. Um, what's it only the only the good I young? Yeah, yeah. Bring back the reggae for old, that's the Billy's version. Yeah, just like Taylor Swift, Billy Joel. Yeah, should do a Billy's version of the Stranger, and he just switches track one and two, and he makes track six reggae. And, all right, so that is the Stranger. Yeah, um, but we made a promise. We made a promise. So here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're at 50 minutes right now. Yeah. We're going to do a Rosé Instead wrap-up of the entire album. Yeah. So uh, usually we do a bottle of white and a bottle of red. Yeah. This album uh, was the Rosé Instead. It feels like it's been a long day because, it. I mean, it kind of sure. has. Yeah. We've, we've, we've covered this entire album. We've been through two bottles. We're about to open a third bottle. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and we're it's um, we're oh, wait, look, are you about to get the ASMR pop on the bottle? Yeah. Actually, you know what? Before you do that, yes, Catherine from Celery Wines, tell us about our third bottle, oh, the rosé instead. She, she, oh, I love this, Catherine. Perhaps some rosé instead. Perhaps some rosé as well. So we have a bonus bottle today, which is the Cantaloro Rosato, coming from Avignonese. These guys are in the Montepulciano area of Tuscany. Um, this is a female-owned, certified organic, certified vegan, certified biodynamic winery. All of the things. The grape itself is Sangiovese, specifically the clone of Prunello Gentile which I like to think of as the softer side of Sangiovese. Um, This is coming from some younger vines, just a light amount of skin contact here. You'll see the color is really, really light and nice and crisp and refreshing. Um, Just oh so drinkable on any kind of day. All right. Thank you, Catherine. Amazing. Amazing. So this is our first non-white, non-red. Hit that pot, Bill. All right. Here we go. There we go. That. That was a pop for the ages. That was a pop for the ages. So, um, pour it up, and then let's. Uh, ooh. So you were you were telling me in the break. Um, yeah. You're not a fan of rosé. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge rosé fan. Um, Why is that? So there's a thing in wine, wine called minerality. Wine. There's a thing in <clears throat> wine called minerality. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a clean, wow, uh, lightly floral rosé. But like refreshing, very refreshing. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm not a huge fan <clears throat> is that rosé has a bit of minerality. Sure. But a lot of rosé has a certain acidity to it. Okay. Like a light acidity. Now, have you tried many different types of rosé? Uh, I think so. Okay. Because I feel like white wine has, on on the whole, more acidity than than rosé. There's something... Depending on the type. Cause, sure. Because there are many different types of rosé. Yeah. In fact, most white wines, if there weren't a process involved, would be rosé, I believe. Because is the process in white wine removing the skin contact of the red grape yeah. from the yes, from the rose? No. and a lot of people think, oh, there's white grapes, there's there's red grapes, so that's oh, that's red wine, white wine, right? And it doesn't really fall that way. A lot of times, I mean, think about this: if you if you take the skin off of a red grape, the fruit itself is indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From yeah. a white, just I mean that's like, it's like racial harmony, right? 
take the skin off, we're all the same. <laughs> That's true. Right? That's true. Right? I mean, uh, here's the thing. No matter no matter where we come from, the stranger is the same. If we go That's back true. to the album. In a way, the stranger is the mask of the skin that we put on. That's true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I think, honestly, like, it's almost perfect that we're doing a rosé. <laughs> almost is. I think the labels, the labels are, are antiquated. Sure. And, like, yeah, you go to an Italian restaurant, they're going to say white or red, and that's going to have a certain meaning, but I don't think it means as much anymore. No. I mean, Because there's listen, chilled reds now, there's lighter reds. There's orange. There's orange wine? I don't really understand how an orange is different than a rosé. I think I could oh. I could posit my own reasonings of the skin contact. Well, you and I went to, what is it, uh, Congress Bar? We did go to Congress Bar recently, yeah. And Brooklyn. I got that, that orange, and it was actually orange. Yeah, it was very A lot of times orange. you get an orange ro- wine and it, it is a rosé, but this actually was orange. Yeah. There's something about the skin contact. We, we'll get someone yeah. that knows more about wine. They actually about hand, they handed me like an orange with a straw in it, like Tropicana. It was basically drinking. It was a Tropicana uh, commercial from the 80s. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Hello. Um, I think there's something about the tannin in rosés that I'm not a huge fan of, but this is actually a very good one. I like this a lot. It's yeah. very refreshing. Toscana. Yeah. Cantaloro. Yeah, and a lot of good. times, like, rosé, I think American, I think French. I don't really think Italian rosé that often. I like this. Did you say French or fridge? French. Cool. All right, so, uh, The Stranger, um, wrapping up mm-hmm. the album. Yeah. Um, for oh the final... God. That we're here for the rose instead. The rose instead. Final take of the Bonus. album. Whoa, whoa! We're All already right. singing. This is, uh, so this is okay, song. okay. So we're here for the for the end of the album. True. Um, and uh, you know, we already finished the album. We already finished the album. But now like, we're like, well, so usually now we're gonna live with it. I think first of all, yes. Insanely strong album. Even oh, even yes. down to tracks eight and nine, get it right the first time. Like you said, an AOR album only rock. Is that what is that what album means? oriented rock? Album oriented rock. Yeah. Um, and then everybody has a dream. Mm-hmm. It's kind of your hopeful thing, yeah. and then it goes away, and then you get the stranger reprise. Yes. Um, the, uh, with those insanely strong album, mm-hmm. seven singles. Yeah. Two album tracks. Boom. Super strong. It's one of those albums that you would listen to and then you would say, oh my gosh, these were all on this. This all came the same thing? It's, uh, this sounds cliche. It's, you listen to it and you're like, oh, is this the greatest hits album? And it's not. Right. It's a single fucking album. I feel like Michael Jackson Thriller is a little bit the same as Totes. that. Like you, you, you listen to something like that and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. these are all, all yeah. on the same thing. Guns N' Roses, uh, um, Appetite for Destruction. Maybe. Maybe. That's more of a first that's more of a debut album sure. solid home run. Side swinger. one, maybe, yeah. Yeah. But like no one's like my Michelle. I am. Okay. I love my Michelle. It is a cool song. Get in the ring. Get in the ring is a good B side. That's Get in the Ring. Get in the Ring's on out. <laughs> I was thinking of a Rocket Queen is what I was thinking of. Oh, Rocket Queen's great. Great. Anyway, we're 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 very far off the off the pitch right now. Axel Rose is a piano man. He is, and he whistles. We covered that earlier. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I, I think I mean, you know, listen, our first three bottle album, nothing more to say mm-hmm. than it's it's nothing more to say than it's great. Um I looked up a couple reviews. Okay. The Pitchfork review. Pitchfork does a thing where they revisit old albums. Oh, the Sunday review. Yes. Yeah. They gave this they gave the stranger an eight point five. I yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's a you know, a high pitchfork. Uh, rating whatever I mean but it says at the end it says there are two props on the cover of the stranger the theater mask mm-hmm. which reflects the the words of the title song yeah and obscured in the shadows obscured in the shadows a pair of boxing gloves which mm-hmm. we talked about earlier Joel boxed briefly as a teenager did not know that before a punch to the face broke his nose oh. and ended the fun of the hobby Billy Joel said, the last fight I had, mm-hmm. one that was actually in a ring, was with a guy who was a terrible boxer. That's when I realized that no matter how bad I think I am, mm-hmm. there's always somebody badder. Hmm. 
suited and barefoot on the stranger, Joel, 28 years old, when you're close him, 28 years old, kneels on the bed and looks down at the mask on the pillow. <laughs> sits on his hand. Sits on his hand. <laughs> the stranger. Uh, representing his album, his songs, a desire to make something of his own. Yeah. Something new and successful. But the gloves dangle like an albatross. Mm. He had fought and gotten knocked down. Now is his time to land one. I will say. Well, that's gr- like pitchfork. That's, that, that's yeah. pitchfork just being like, and now let's revisit Animal Collective. As I went to Vassar for no reason. <laughs> now I must write esoteric reviews. <laughs> sorry. I'm, that's I, every single pitchfork writer. I'm sorry. I'm going to bring up some old Brian Eno tapes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everything they said was... I've never seen a rainbow. <laughs> that's literally the Kid A review. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, it's like, I've never seen a rainbow. That's what? how it starts. and it's just. Does it have anything to do with in rainbows? No, it's Kid A. That's well, we're off the pitch to uh, fork you. There we go. Um, but what I will say is everything in that last paragraph is mm-hmm. correct, though. Um, no, I actually I it's, remember it's reading really, that review. It's very good. It's very good. It um, it says, you know, like him saying, no matter how bad I realized yeah. there was someone badder. I think one of the great things about Billy Joel mm-hmm. is you can say Billy Joel is is cheesy. Yeah. Billy Joel is dramatic and theatrical. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. And at the same time, Billy Joel is is great and theatrical and mm-hmm. fantastic. And I think this yeah. was the album where he uh wine, wine caps. Wine caps. Um, Billy Joel had uh, he embraced that completely mm-hmm. because he had to because right. the the, re- the label was like we're going to drop you. Sure. So he embraced. In a way, it's like it's the Hail Mary album. Yeah, and you and, hear about that from a lot of artists, where it's like, okay, this is this is the make or break. Like, mm-hmm. let's give it all we got. Yeah, and I think a lot of credit due to Phil Ramone for stepping in and just kind of like trusting Billy, but also like kind of pushing. Mm-hmm. One of the fun facts I read um, in the interim was the fact that like, I guess just the way you are, Billy was just he thought it was he basically said it was like this is a wedding song. I don't want to put mm. this on the album, mm. and Phil Ramone brought in. Linda Ronstadt to listen to it. Yeah. And she was like, are you kidding? This is fucking cool. That's what I was trying to get to earlier. Yeah. Is that, and I couldn't quite put it together, but Billy kind of wanted to take it off. Yeah. And Linda Ronstadt was like, don't take it off. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like, it's just like those instincts and like, I think this is what kind of like coalesced. I, you and I are both big fans of turnstiles. I think we kind of like, yeah, felt that things were coming together there. And, yeah, I think here it actually came together in a commercial way. Yeah, I think that's a good point, is that I um, I don't want to paint ourselves as contrarians, mm. but I don't know if I don't know if people are always the biggest fans of Turnstiles. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe they are, but Turnstiles has got, you know, Miami 2017, mm-hmm. Angry Young Man, yeah. New York State of Mind. Oh, yeah. It's got the hits, and then it's got, like, I've Loved These Days. I think I love these days is an incredible song. I agree. However, yeah, this album, The Stranger. Oh yeah, you could it's say undeniable. Yeah, it, it's undeniable. Yeah. That's what it gets to. Yes. It's undeniable. It's, I mean, you, and it, even to the fact where like you get to the last two songs, like we were saying, they're not mm-hmm. singles, but they do the work to round out the album. Sure. And then even if you get to the end of Everybody Has a Dream, you're yeah. like, I don't know. It the Stranger Reprise, yeah. it pulls up the it pulls up the art of the album. Yes. It rounds out basically. And you the think story. like listening on vinyl, like you leave it on, you might have stopped paying attention, and then you hear that stranger whistle again and you're like, Oh. Yeah. And you look in the album. It's very it's very symmetric. Yeah. Totally. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I think that um, I think that I think we've hit Joel's biggest, like, yeah, biggest culmination. Of, I think we of talked early on about like, oh, his peak, and like, not to think that he peaked early because I think he still has like eight studio albums left, and he's five albums in now, so yeah. it's not. Early, I mean, like he's five. It's not early, but this in. is a hundred percent a peak, and I think he's in another stratosphere for the next few albums. Hmm. You know, like yeah. 
this is this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Yeah. And what's crazy is like, okay, so we're five albums in. We've already had, um, we've already had, you know, some hits. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, well, we had Piano Man as a second album. Mm-hmm. But to go from here, we have 52nd Street, Glass mm-hmm. Houses, mm-hmm. Nylon Curtain, mm-hmm. An Innocent Man, yeah. The Bridge, Stormfront, yep. River of Dreams. River of Dreams. Where we get to, you know, Disney basically it feels Doo-wop. like do wop mm-hmm. so you know we have a long way to go yeah but what's crazy is we everyone knows about joel but like we have generations to find out about him yeah. from here yes so we have a long way to go but i'm interested to see what happens with him as a person and an artist from here well because i think he's at his mind. strength right now one of the going themes that I think we've talked about in every episode is that he kind of felt he had something to prove mm-hmm. and that he was this angry young man who wasn't quite being appreciated for what he was. Mm-hmm. And I think this album ends that. There's mm-hmm. no more question. Mm-hmm. So what happens to the angry young man with something to prove once like he has nothing to prove like wh- what happens and i think what's very interesting is you get a very you get like boomer joel mm. like so far we've seen like almost like counterculture 70s joel mm-hmm. not counterculture but like he's got he's got a chip on his shoulder and i think that like now i think once the stranger hits He's like Boomer Joel. And mm. I don't think that's a terrible thing, but like you look at Uptown Girl and you look at what we're going to get to, which is like the, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to make tributes to the 50s and the stuff I loved growing up. Like that's mm-hmm. a Boomer move. That mm. is very much like I'm not going to look forward. I'm going to look back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where we're getting. And I think that like that's important to try to understand. I think there's definitely some hits to come. Mm-hmm. Oh, but for sure. When you have your when you have your peak, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the next thing that leads off our next album mm-hmm. is the song Big Shot. Oh my god. On 52nd Street. Yeah. Um we're the next the next time we talk mm-hmm. to you will be <laughs> we're actually still on family records technically. Oh yeah. He's not out of the family record. You know what I realized? Yet. Family record. It's like the Bobby Bonilla of uh, of record deals. You know what? Bobby. But you know Bobby Bonilla Day. No. Um, I assume any of you Billy Joel fans are also Mets fans. Um, but so basically, the Mets had a very bad deal with Bobby Bonilla mm-hmm. to the point where they're still paying him like a million dollars once a year, mm. and it's a very specific day. So, like, if you're a Mets fan and you're following the news, I forget what day it is, but I think it's in, like, August. All of a sudden, they'll just be like, also, it's Bobby Bonilla Day, which means that the Mets organization just gave another million dollars to Bobby Bonilla. Oh, my gosh. And I think it's until, like, 2772 or something. No, it's not, I don't know. I'm, like, talking out of my ass. That's... But let me look up Bobby Bonilla Day. But anyway, that feels like that's what Artie Rip. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at some point, and and I don't know, maybe maybe Joel's wife, uh, Elizabeth Weber, got him out of that. Uh, but yeah. uh, July first is Bobby Bonilla Day. Okay, <laughs> and it's one point one nine million, and it's until he's seventy. It's not. It's not twenty seventy two. It's until Bobby Bonilla is seventy two. Well, good job for Bobby Bonilla. I don't sure. know. I don't know when Artie Rip Day was. I mean, yeah, we yeah. gotta figure that out. But so the next album we get to is Fifty Second Street. We've got mm-hmm. we've got Big Shot. We've got yeah. Honesty, mm. which was recently featured on the TV show Succession. Oh God! We've got a lot of hits. <laughs> on... <laughs> I, Kendall tries to sing it, right? Yeah, it's yeah, great. We'll get great. to that. But before we get to that, The Stranger, mm-hmm. um, I I I can't say enough good things about it, except that revisiting yeah. this album, it's a freaking classic from. From the black and white photo on the cover mm-hmm. of the boxing gloves, the mask, 
the shadow, mm-hmm. him in a suit, also being barefoot, which came with a pitchfork review. Like, yeah, everything about this. Uh, sitting on his hand. Sitting on his hand, finding the stranger. I feel like I feel like Joel finally coalesced into what exactly he was looking for oh, from this the beginning it. of the journey. I mean, this you're you're, you're seeing the alchemy of an artist hitting their stride. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it you know it's fitting because the fourth track on the album also gives us the title of this podcast: yeah. "Bottle of Wine, Bottle of Red." Perhaps a bottle of rosé instead. Yes, we, indeed. We hit our first bottle of rosé, and um, and I, I don't. I think going forward, we we sh- we shouldn't drink three bottles of wine. I think absolutely that's. I think true. we should bring on someone to drink the rosé. I, I think. think so. I think the plan should be that we we drink the bottle of white and red, and then our guest just chugs a bottle of rosé. I think so. So I think we're going to start try to get some great guests on, yeah, and introduce some good guests, and go on this Billy Joel journey with us as well. The journey don't stop because the journey don't stop. Because the journey don't stop because Billy Joe is the wine cop. Wine cop, wine cop. <laughs> what you gonna do? All right, we have to end this. Um, oh, this is getting bad. The Stranger. Yeah. And from from <laughs> Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, thanks for making it this far on this many episodes. Oh, yeah. Thank you, fans. Ack, 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 ack. You ought to know by now. We're going to keep going through. It's a free podcast. So is that all you get for your money? It's a free podcast. Yeah. Um, Available to download in any town, including Hackensack. Thanks for listening. Uh, next episode, we are covering 52nd Street. We're going to record it live from the intersection of 52nd and 9th. That's right. Where Corey got shot at. That's true. That is actually true. (laughs) I know. I got shot at there. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you next time on a 52nd Street uh, bottle of white, bottle of red. Boku, boku. This has been Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, hosted by Bill Granberg and Corey Cabin. The podcast is produced by Jeremy Balin. If you enjoyed this episode, check us out on the socials at Rosé Instead. That's Rosé underscore instead on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. For more information on the wines featured in this podcast, check out celery.com. That's C-E-L-L-A-R-Y.com. Thanks for listening. Let me twist your thing. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yep. Nope. Not. Nope. 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 Yeah. Good. There we go. Um, <laughs> gee, listeners at home, that was a sexual act. <laughs> um, that was the stranger.